Hello there and welcome to episode 11 of the Or So She Says podcast. My name is Narissa Shea and I am a personal trainer, nutritionist, sport and exercise psychology consultant, yoga instructor and a professional Irish dancer. Oh, I absolutely loved recording today's episode. Obviously, I'm recording the intro after I've done the episode this time. And I actually could have talked to these lads all day. Like I absolutely adore their Instagram page. And if you are not following them, I promise you by the end of this podcast, you will be following them because they are just two rays of sunshine on the world of online. And honestly, I just I'm loving watching their journey. I'm loving how much they've just blown up in the last couple of months. And I love the message they're spreading. So with that in mind, today I am going to be talking to the Malloy twins. So Adam and Lee are twin brothers from Dublin and they both worked in the fitness space as PTs. And they then set up the Malloy twins Instagram page in May, 2023. So not that long ago at all. Originally, the plan was to use the page to promote their online fitness coaching. However, they soon lost interest in the idea of just being another fitness page and decided to make something that was more aligned with the kind of content they want to make and the message they want to share. So they switched their focus then from fitness to personal development, which of course, Marissa is loving, absolutely loving. Not that I don't know fitness pages, but anything mindset related, personal development, I am all there for it. So in August, they actually released their first book called Better Than Before, which gives the reader five rules that they can use to help get them closer to the kind of life they want. So they've also just recently launched their own podcast called the Malloy Twins Podcast. And they've also been on different podcasts and radio stations over the past few weeks, spreading their message and trying to encourage people to dream bigger, work harder, and to pursue the things that matter to them. They're actually, the two Johnnies had them on as well. And I remember seeing this. I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. I was like, lads, you have to come on to my podcast. <laughs> so it was just, we had such nice chats. We talked about so much. We covered a range of things and as always I had set questions and we went completely off the cuff a good few times because I was just loving the vibe of this podcast as always if you do enjoy this podcast and you find this episode helpful please feel free to share it with your friends with your family with anyone who you think will listen share it on social media maybe give it a like a subscribe a rating if you're on Spotify um, it really does go a long way in helping small creators like myself and the lads spread what we would consider a very, very important message. So without further ado, here we go. Episode 11 of the Or So She Says podcast with the Malloy twins. Hello, lads, and welcome. How are you both today? I'm good, all good. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to talk to you. Like we literally started connecting on Instagram. It was like not that long ago, was it? couple of months no, maybe yeah and i love it i'm actually like yous are absolutely <laughs> blowing up at the minute and we have actually tried to do this podcast a few times and then something's <laughs> coming up with like mainly me having to go away or today i was gonna say you're the, you're the problematic one here not <laughs> <laughs> me, am, I, am i the issue am i the issue yes i am the issue i was like and then today i was just saying before we came on i was like my neighbor started drilling and i was like <laughs> Will I postpone it? And I was like, no, we're just going to go with it anyway. Um, so before we get stuck in, right, I was actually listening on my way back from Belfast yesterday to like the, all the other podcasts and stuff you've been on. And I know you've recently launched your own one. So I feel like everyone gets stuck in and talks straight away about the twin thing. But I actually want to ask you individually, one at a time, who you are, what's your backstory, what do you do? and how you kind of landed into the wellness space. So whoever wants to go first, whichever one wants to take the floor first. Lee, will you go? I'm trying to set up these headphones so I can get the mics walking <laughs> Yeah, of course. All right, so I'm Lee, and I'm Adam's twin brother. <laughs> That's all you need to know, yes. Uh, so for my backstory, it's actually quite all over the shop, really. So finished secondary school with the intention of becoming 
secondary school teacher. So I went to Trinity, I studied English and French. I done that for four years, finished up mid COVID and didn't have a clue what I wanted to do next, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. So I decided to go on to do a master's um, and I done a master's in the titles, international security and conflict studies, but it's basically like international relations, just with an emphasis on conflict war, conflict resolution, that sort of stuff. So I done that online. I moved to France during that because I was stuck at home anyway. So I was like, may as well be stuck in France than stuck in my mom's box room. So I was over there for a few months, done the master's, finished the master's. Um, but again, I was like, don't really see a career for myself in this field. I applied for some internships and stuff and no one wanted me, or at least they didn't get back to me to tell me that they wanted me. So I just said, okay, <laughs> move on to something else. Um, and then yeah, like there was still pretty much like tight on restrictions and stuff like that at that point. So there wasn't a whole lot going in terms of like, jobs that I saw out there and my dad works in construction and I kind of always thought carpentry looked cool so I was like you know anyone who's a carpenter who might take me on for a while while I figure out what else I want to do so I started doing a carpentry apprenticeship done that for a few months but I just didn't really like the the environment the sort of work conditions and ultimately I couldn't really see myself being a carpenter into the future so I sort of defeated the purpose of, <laughs> of finishing the apprenticeship so stopped doing that and got a job then working um Actually, I'm not allowed to say the name of the company from an NDA that I had to sign, but working with a, a multinational organization in their tech support department. Uh, and I worked with the French market, so helping people solve their technical issues through French, which was as much of a pain in the arse as it sounds. <laughs> um, and then we all got like, so basically we were doing well, like every week we'd have like weekly reviews and it was always like, oh, reviews are great, you are killing it, blah, blah, blah. And then the week before Christmas, they were like, right, we had a really great year, super profitable, but it would be even more profitable if we moved all the labor costs to the Philippines. So in the next three months, everyone here is losing their job. So like, all right, cool. What next? Um, and then at that point, I was kind of on a weight loss journey already. And Adam had done a personal trainer course. And I thought like, he seemed to enjoy being a PT, being self-employed, looked cool. And it was just something different. So I was like, I'll sign up, I'll do the course. And if I like it, I'll try being a PT. So done the course, finished that in March went working in the gym then from March until August, just finished up in the gym last month. And then obviously me and Adam started doing this sort of Malloy twin stuff around June, July, released a book, have the podcast out now. And yeah, we're trying to just figure out where we go from here. Nice. That is a very cool story. Cause I was like, listen <laughs> to all your like podcasts, but like in all of them, I was like, yeah, but what were they both doing before this? I was like, how did this become a thing? I was like, I actually want to know the backstory of both of them. And I was like, and then we can ju jump into the twin things. So that's really <laughs> cool. And I always think like, no matter what kind of industry you come from, like the amount of stuff you learn in these random jobs you do over mm. the years, like it actually does stand here. I was like, no matter what anyone says, whatever background they come from, I was like, I think no matter what job you come from, the amount of stuff you can implement that you never ever thought you would use as a personal trainer is actually crazy. <laughs> I even like I, I used to work in Nando's and there was loads of Brazilians, <laughs> so they'd always <laughs> we'd, I'd always learn Portuguese from them. And then as a PT, there was a lot of Brazilians in the gym, so I was always like, Ah, tudo bem, boa, bom dia, <laughs> showing out the Portuguese. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you <laughs> oh, I love that I love that plus you're like I totally know all the calories on all the Nando's menus <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that and so Adam what about your backstory yeah so I spoke on a couple of different podcasts as well about jobs but I think I left a couple out that I've never spoken about so I'll include them here as well but my journey let's say started when I was about 12 or 13 get into the gym was playing football start working when I was 12 or 13 as well I think I think I was 14, first year of school, I started doing a little paper round. So it's called the Echo, the Clondalk and Echo, the newspaper. And literally, I'd done that job from like 13 up till about 18, 19, all the way up until I started my own PT business. So that was like, it wasn't great. It was like knocking door to door, selling the newspaper in my local area. I'd make maybe 20 quid a week off doing it. And my nanny, gave me half so she gave me a tenner as a tip for doing it like she lived in the area I was selling it in so like she'd bring me and give me a cup of tea and give me a tenner so she was like funding half of my wages but that was paying for our supplements and I saved it so that would pay for like protein and the gym if I'd done it each week for the month so that kind of got me by on that front obviously I was still in school and stuff going through that so 
going through taking your skill I was getting on pretty well in school I was never an issue in school I always took it seriously and like done my work studied was a good student that sort of thing finished secondary school went to DCU then to study athletic therapy and training so it's kind of like physiotherapy I initially wanted to be a PE teacher I got enough points for the course but I didn't get offered a place on the course there just wasn't enough spots so I got put to my second choice which was athletic therapy so I was doing that through that I got exposed to some different jobs so I got to work with Bohemians uh, soccer club and got to do physio for their academies and that was deadly. I liked the experience and I was glad I got to do it while I was still in college because it gave me an idea of what working in that field would look like. And I decided it wasn't for me. It wasn't necessarily what I wanted to pursue going forward. But I was always big into the gym. And from the moment I started training when I was 12 or 13, up until today, like I've loved the gym, loved working out, loved lifting weights, all of that. So that was just a consistent throughout my life. And when I was in my third year summer third year of college that's when I studied to be a personal trainer and it was a little course so it didn't take too long so in my final year of university then I set up my PT business stopped selling the newspapers <laughs> I was in my final year of college and I was doing that for a few months it was obviously busy because I was in the gym in the mornings then off to college in the day then back to the gym in the evenings doing clients and that went on up until February of 2020 whatever year when COVID kind of kicked in and that shut everything down. And at that stage, then was a big turning point for me. It was an opportunity to just kind of stop and say, right, where do I want to go from here? Because I've been forced to stop training clients in the gym. I've been forced to stop college in a sense because it, it was all online and I was in my final year anyway. So it was coming to the end of that road. And that was a chance for me to kind of say, okay, where do I want to go moving forward? And I didn't want to stay in the gym or keep PT and clients. I didn't see that as something that I wanted to do long-term. So I started working with a company that, basically taught personal trainers some coaching skills more life coaching elements of that and bringing that into the work they've done with their clients so i love that went through their course ended up being hired by them to be a coach within the course students coming through and study life coaching diploma on the side of that so i was doing those two things in conjunction as a result of that job i moved to london because they offered me a promotion but part of that promotion was go over to london and relocate over there I think I've frozen, so I'll shut up for a second. Oh, there you are. You're back now. The, the it... audio was fine, though. The oh, was it? Yeah, was cool. yeah it happens sometimes. It's weird. <laughs> I just thought you were really still. I was like, yeah, because I was looking. I was like, hmm, Lee, Lee is like staring me so, staring into me so, not blinking. <laughs> <laughs> so if if it kept, I kept keep going where I finished up. Then if the audio kept going, so I was moved over to London as part of a promotion I got with that job, and that was cool. Uh, but spent about a year over in London, learned a lot. That company ended up shutting down and going in a different direction. So I came back over to Dublin. And as a result of being in that environment and that space of teaching coaches to coaches and that sort of thing, I got another role with a different company, which I'm working with now full time, which is like a, a fulfillment consultancy is what we do. So we consult with businesses, not just fitness businesses, but anyone who's online running courses or programs and stuff like that on the fulfillment side of what they do. So that's what I do full-time. Then obviously me and Lee kicked off into Malloy Twins not too long ago. And I've tried to make as much progress as possible in that little time with the book and getting onto podcasts and getting our name out there. And that's where we're at now is to trying to continue to build that brand, keep going with the momentum that we have built so far and hopefully keep spreading the good word. Oh, yes, sir. But I, I was so curious to know your backstories because I was like, this is going to sound a little bit mean i don't mean it to sound mean but saying yeah. people are just personal trainers i understand as a personal trainer we're not just personal trainers there's a lot that goes into it but from the content yous were giving out and everything and the messages spread and how you show up online and the whole mindset element i was like these lads have done a lot more <laughs> i was like what else have they done what other courses have they done or what jobs have they had because i was like well i know you follow me i'm like personal trainer nutrition coach but like mindset for like love it love it could talk about it all day all i want to talk about all the time so anyone who's really really big into mindset online i'm always like latch on to them and i'm just like where have you come from what's your backstory mm -hmm. so i think like everything that has got you to where you are i think it's an incredible message or you are putting out there and you are oh, just such you. a ray of like and i love your relationship okay now i can talk right? like, <laughs> now you can be twins again but like i just think it's amazing because something i wanted to talk about was actually something i haven't talked about in a podcast but i talk about it a lot to my clients and use put up a post about it recently is like the role of the environment 
in how people show up in the world. And do you kind of believe in that whole phrase, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with? The reason why I'm asking this is, used to are like each other's number one fans, which I think is amazing. So I feel like the fact that you have both had each other throughout your whole lives, you've had that incredible support system. So like, how important do you think it is, like the environment people are in, where they're growing up, the friends they have, all of this. You did a really good post on this recently, so that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll speak for myself at least. Like I am 100% a better person for having Adam in my life. And any periods we've ever gone through, whereas like when he moved to London, for example, or when I moved to France, I felt a void. I felt there was a lack of a lack of accountability, yes. I mean, he's pretty much the only person who would, he doesn't even need to say it anymore. He just gives me a look sometimes and I know, okay, shit, I need to work harder <laughs> or I should be doing better. But um, he's, he's that accountability, but he's also like a great person to bounce ideas off and just, like, you, you know the way there's some people and it can even be friends sometimes. And it feels like around them, you still have to hold a bit of yourself back. Like, you don't, you can't really tell them what you're really thinking about or what you're dreaming of or what you'd really like to do because there's still that little fear inside of you that you'll just be met with judgment. Whereas like what Adam, I feel like I could tell him I wanted to build a spaceship and fly to Mars and open a coffee shop. And I feel like he'd support me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and then back to the point about you're the average of the five person or the five people you spend your most time with. I do think it's true, but I, I'm kind of a, a cop out because I don't even have five people that I think I spend time with. <laughs> it's kind of just Adam. <laughs> but yeah, definitely environment matters. <laughs> I I agree, but at least one thing I will add though, because I'm the same, I don't think there's actually five physical people that I spend a lot of time with. But I think one of the benefits we have nowadays is online, you can spend time with so many mm. people you know like youtube for example you could just binge watch hours of warren buffett elon musk jeff bezos all these people and so they could be some of the five people that you spend all your time with even though you're not physically in the same room as them it's like that's what you're consuming that's what you're putting around yourself or the opposite of that does be true where for some people the five people they spend the most time with is random people on instagram or tiktok that are maybe not necessarily promoting a negative message, but there's generally a negative atmosphere or a negative connotation that comes with the stuff that blows up on those platforms. And it's like, if all you're consuming is that negative energy, let's call it time and time again, it's no wonder you probably feel unmotivated or, you know, like it's a drag and it's this never ending cycle. So mainly are really conscious of that environment as well of like, what are we putting in our minds? What are we surrounding ourselves with? Not just physically, but on our phones for example on the internet even though we're trying to have a big presence on instagram and tiktok we try to spend as little time on there as possible so like get in put our stuff out do what we need to do and get off because we know how uh, dangerous that sort of stuff can be and the knock-on effect of spending too much time around that energy oh i love that and you know what you've hit 2023 on the head there i would actually agree that it's not the five people you spend your time with the most these days it's actually what you're consuming online that mm -hmm. has the biggest impact and the thing about it is is people get so trapped into thinking that oh i've only watched one video of this but you watch it till the end the algorithm kicks in and starts showing yeah, you yeah, more yeah. and more stuff so i mean like i'd be the same as you i am outright very very obvious online to the point where i'm like some days i'll just go mia for two days i'll offload all the apps because you just have to take a break i was like you, especially when you work online you can get so wrapped up and i need to post this and then i need to reply to these and it becomes such a job as well that and you when you love what you do you don't want it to always feel like it's such an effort so i think it's really important that people are taking that time offline and um, but equally like what you said it's like I make sure that my feeds and everything, it's all, well, it's all like positive people like yourselves that I want to follow online. It's the people I'm connecting with online. They all kind of want to spread a similar message. They're all like really, really having a good impact on the world. And then of course my TikTok feed, which I don't really use for work is just stupid animal shit and really funny videos. And if anything <laughs> educational comes up, I'm like, no, not on TikTok. I was like, not this. <laughs> I was like, TikTok is just my funny, stupid thing that I'm like, no, 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 because everything else is work. But equally, like what you said, I think especially for younger people, that's so important because that is actually what they're they're experiencing more than even the people that are around as well. Oh, yeah. So that's actually, that's such a good point. And I never really thought of that. So I think you should come up with some quote and like change that around <laughs> now until that one, because that was really good. <laughs> good idea, good idea. But um, that actually brings me on to, now this can be 
something you face separately or together, right? So you, I'll, I'll let you choose this one, okay? Because we're talking about like overcoming things and stuff like that. And I know you've told me a bit about your backstories and jobs and stuff, but what would you say is the biggest adversity you've faced, either together or separately, whichever you want to go with? And how did you overcome it? Well, I'll, I'll start because there's an e- not an easy one, but like a, a big one for me that comes to mind. And it was when I was 14 or 15. I actually can't remember the age. I think on some podcasts I say 14 and others 15. So somewhere within that region. But I went through a period of having depression. So really struggled with mental health. And I'd say that for me was because it was at that age of life as well. It's quite a tender age, you know, when you're, you're that young. It can kind of send you down a couple of different paths and have a, a big impact on it. And it was interesting for me to go through that experience. And I look back on it now and think it was probably the best thing that happened to me, or at least one of the best things aside from having Lee as a twin brother, because during that time, the only way I got through that time was by opening up and talking about it. that. That was it. And up until that stage, that was not something that I would even consider doing. <laughs> you know, it was anything that came, I would handle it myself. And I think part of that came from the mindset I developed let's say early on around the gym or like even starting to work at an early age it's like I was trying to build this independent character I wanted to be my own man standing my own two feet you know and I had this image in my head of masculinity of what I should be and shouldn't be and it was this image of you know a man who just never rocked never shakes any issue just gets his head down deals with it doesn't open up doesn't ask for help or anything like that and I remember when I was going through it, my mom was, I'm sure other people noticed, but my mom was the first one to kind of notice a change in me behavior or a change in pattern. And I was quiet and, you know, just not interacting, not connecting with people. And she she said to me, God, do you want to go talk to somebody about it? Or do you want to go to a doctor? And and at the start, I was like, no, grand, leave me alone. You know, that sort of way. But then I got to a stage where I was like, actually, yeah, can we go and talk to a doctor? Because it's just like, isn't normal. There's something wrong here. And it was the fact that once I said that, it was like everything else after that, didn't get solved straight away but like the path became a lot easier from that point on and so the reason why I bring up is because how I got over the adversity was by doing the exact opposite of everything that I felt like I needed to do at that stage which is just get your head down work harder grind it out you'll get through it and it was the opposite direction was now actually open up except this is an issue I can't deal with this alone I need to get help and support and that's one of a few reasons why I think having that experience early on had such a big impact for me moving forward is because I know for myself as a younger man, and I'm sure women face it too, sometimes you get wrapped up in this idea of like the lone wolf, you know, you need to solve everything yourself. You need to have all the answers to all the problems, et cetera. And being opened up at an early age like that, the summer is like, I don't have the answers to this one. I don't have the strength alone to get over this one. I need help. I need support. I need someone to point me in the right direction. Open me up then to future challenges. Whereas now if I look back over, let's say the past 10 years since I went through that, there's no big moment that stands out as a, big adversity or a big struggle or difficulty that I had to go through but I think it's because I went through that one the first time it kind of changed my perspective my approach to every subsequent difficulty that came up whereas I felt like I was able to get over them a lot easier and a lot smoother because of the challenges and trials and tribulations I went through at that early stage so that for me is probably the biggest one that I've had and the way I overcame it was by asking for help opening up putting the hard work in because like there's stuff you have to do yourself to get over it and you know, look at yourself deeply and all these things too. But but reaching out and asking for help is probably the biggest thing that helped me get over that point. And I think that's something actually like, in, how old are you? So you, you 24. said 24. Oh my God, you're so young. And well, you're 48 so... in twin years. So. <laughs> all right. Okay. That makes me feel better. <laughs> no, but this is the same. I had Ellen on the last podcast and it wasn't until the end of the podcast I said something to her and she said something about the leave insert and I was like, how old are you she's like 19 I nearly lost my life I was like what is with the younger people like being so wise I was like you're so wise beyond your years but I think that's something that um well I think it's just honestly I I think a lot of this is to do with the skill systems and stuff as well like you're told mistakes are wrong you know you're getting you're getting praised for when you do things perfectly and then all of a sudden you become a perfectionist and then you get praised for when you can do things by yourself and all of a sudden we get to this point then where we're nearly afraid to reach out for help and I know I, I'm I'm a fucker for doing this like and I'm trying to get so much better for it I'm like no I can do it by myself I can do it by myself mm-hmm. I don't need to ask for help and I think drilling that message into kids and into younger people is one of the worst things we can do because like you said all of a sudden you reach a point where you can't see the trees through the forest you're trying to I remember reading a book before and they were like trying to solve a problem in your mind 
with your own mind when you can't see through it. it, it they were like, it's just counterproductive. Like, so mm -hmm. even when you're working with clients, you'll notice this, like I'll say the simplest thing to them and they're just like, God, I never even thought of it like that. And I was like, yeah, you yeah. need someone there who's able to, who's, who's not emotionally involved in your life as well, who's able to be like, look at this from this point of view, from this point of view. And the minute someone says that to you and you feel heard and safe, your whole life just changes. So I think sometimes having to go through them periods, sometimes when you are younger, it nearly benefits you because you're not afraid to ask for help, which yeah. I think is really hard for lads as well. It's definitely harder for lads as well. So I think that's amazing that you were in a safe space that your mom was able to be like, do you want to go and talk to someone? And you were brave <laughs> enough to say, yes, I actually do. So that's a really good message. Okay, next up, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I was hoping you'd forget about me because I'm actually struggling to think. <laughs> it's such a it's such a profound question, and it's like I think every, I mean, I went to get a cup of tea the other day, and there was no milk, and it felt like the world was ending. So, I think I'm probably a bit more on the dramatic side than Adam. <laughs> but in terms of the the biggest adversity I've overcome, it's hard to say one because I think at each stage of my life, there's been like a situation that felt like a much bigger deal than it was. So like whether it's relationships ending or finishing college and not knowing what job you want to do or starting a new job and not liking it or whatever it might be. Like there's kind of, I think at every like big moment of your life, you're kind of at a crossroads and it feels like whether I go left or right, I'm not sure it's the right decision. <laughs> and I wish someone would just tell me which way I should go. So I, I don't know what the biggest adversity I've had to overcome, but I would say that the biggest lesson maybe i've learned from or the biggest thing that I, I carry with me today that i probably could have benefited from having earlier on in life was just having the attitude of i'm just going to try my best and whatever happens i think i'm good enough and smart enough and capable enough to overcome it and make the best of it and um, because i think any of the like the great things that have happened in my life haven't come from a place of certainty it's just come from a place of being willing to try and not letting the fear of failure outweigh the, the possibility of the great things that might come from it and do you find you've gotten braver now as you're getting older? Do you take more chances now? I definitely, yeah. And I think it's a mixture of getting older and obviously the experience that comes with that, but also having Adam by my side. Like, as I said earlier, I, was like, I, could, I could launch a, a spaceship to Mars and he'd be cool with it. But it's like, it's, it's almost like a safety net. Like, oh no, if I needed a couch to sleep on or somebody to feed me, he wouldn't ask any questions and vice versa. So it's almost like, even if I fell and everything goes horribly wrong, I still have at least one person in my corner. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And like like what we were saying there, knowing that you do have that. And I know, like, I'm lucky enough that I, I worked as a dancer for 10 years. So I was just like, oh, I just got, well, I did my BA. Then I decided I was going to go off on tour, came back, did my master's, was like, nah, fuck it, I'm going to go back on tour again. <laughs> but it was always my dad in my corner just being like, well, if things go tits up, you've nowhere to go. Like, you always have homes. And it's that safety blanket. And mm -hmm. I think knowing you have those people in your corner, not everyone is lucky enough to have it. Like, it kind of pushes you a little bit more to just be like, fuck it, I'm just going to try. Yeah. So, like, when, when COVID hit and all the dancing work went tits up for me and I had to, like, totally do a whole 180 on my life and decide to do something else, like... I knew if everything went to shit, basically, that there was always someone there that was going to have my corner, at least one person. So it does give you a little bit of a push to just be a bit braver. And something I always say to my clients as well is I'm like, the more you push yourself out of your comfort zone and the more you keep doing these things that a while ago, maybe you'd be like, geez, I wouldn't have even thought of that, right? And then you realize you can actually achieve them. And then you keep improving your self-efficacy. Then all of a sudden, like you build this momentum, like what you are doing at the minute, like all of a sudden over the, like, I, I think it's really cool to take stock of what you've done in the six months and then be like, oh my God, think of where I was last year or think of where I was five years ago. And then you look at yourself now because we get so wrapped up in the do and do and do and need to do this on the to-do list. And then this is next. Yeah. That we forgot to actually take a pause and be like, holy shit, I am actually doing so, so well. And I'm really proud of myself. And I think you should be really, really proud of yourselves because like you are absolutely blowing up and you are doing amazing things in the space. And like, this is within like, you didn't launch this page that long ago, did you? No, I think it was, yeah, June. Yeah, before we went to Puerto Rico. Yeah, so yeah just probably to get late May, early June. <laughs> and you were, you were doing research over there. I, I remember talking yeah, yeah, to you yeah. about that. 
<laughs> it was very, very scientific research about pints or something pint related. Yeah, Every, everything pint related. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's another thing that, like, because me and Adam, obviously, we work quite close together now, but I think if anyone was to see us together, it wouldn't look like work. Like, most of what we do is, like, having a laugh, taking the piss. It's funny, like, there's not a real serious approach to it, and I think that gives us a lot of freedom and space for to be creative, to take chances, to try different things like even like releasing the book we were like how are we going to market this it was like we could be really formal and like really strict or we could just do random shit so like we started like cropping me onto the, the wall of china and all weird poses and stuff like that and it's just having fun with it and seeing what works and kind of trying to give space for our personalities to come true because i think in the fitness space at least for myself when i was a personal trainer a lot of content i was making was just because it was what other people were making and i was like oh shit she don't know how to eat in the calorie deficit video so now i need the lee malloy version of that or whatever it might be so the thing i like the most about this malloy twins the thing that we're doing together is it gives us space and freedom to, to allow our own personalities to come true and to, to allow our own voices to speak about things that we care about and that's what the internet needs and this is actually something that like i think when you enter this space it can fall so easily like you fall easily into the trap of trying to follow trends or this audio is trending and this is trending yeah, yeah. it's actually funny because i got an email earlier and they were like let us know if there's any videos trending that you want to do this month for your brief and once again then i was like oh my god i'm doing the same thing again whereas i started recording longer videos and like that's literally sacrilege in the space <laughs> at the moment yeah. like oh my god it's over 40 seconds no one's gonna watch it and i was like i can't fucking explain what i want it in 40 seconds which is why i love <laughs> podcasts i love longer videos and i was talking to someone and they were like who cares like if that's what you like doing then do it and i was like and there's been so many social media people on to me you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to and i was like no, I'm sticking by my guns and doing what I want to do because I get messages all the time saying, thank you so much for explaining this property because anytime I look at something, I'm like, you can't explain a lot of these concepts in 30, 40 seconds. And I was like, what the fitness space needs is people like yourselves and people who are just willing to actually just stick by their guns. Even if maybe it's not like, they keep telling me like the algorithm will hate you. I was like, well, yeah. I was like, I don't I care. I hate the algorithm. <laughs> I hate the algorithm, it's fucking mutual. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's but like there's things and you're always gonna, like your vibe attracts your tribe. And if you keep giving out things that are authentic to you, then that's the people you're gonna attract back. And I think that's amazing. And like, it's it's amazing that what you are doing is showing off your personality because people love that and that's what they wanna see. Well, actually this leads me on to saying what was like your biggest achievement to date, but I feel like potentially mm -hmm. you might have just answered that, but I'll let you go with it anyway, together or separately. I mean, I'm thinking of something that I thought the two years would have jumped us straight away, but maybe not. <laughs> what, what, what did you think we'd say? The book! It's oh. <laughs> just oh, released yeah. a book! The two years are like, hmm, and I was like, the guy's literally just released a book, that's pretty awesome. I'd, I'd say, like, personally, biggest achievement... I feel like for me, the biggest achievement that I'd say I had, even though I wasn't like massively successful, was my own business and like launching that. Because I was 19 when I'd done it, it was something that me, my dad's been self-employed from before we were born. So like in a way, I think every kid tries to emulate their dad or like looks up to their dad in certain ways. So that was kind of a chance for me to do something similar to that. And it's always been something that I wanted to do. Like even when I started the PT course on the first day, they said, what's your ambitions as a personal trainer, whatever else. And straight away from day one, mine was, I want to have my own business. I want to have my own clients. I want to wear shorts to work. I want to, you know, do things my way. I'm sick because I was working in a shoe shop called Clerks, by the way, uh, up until that point uh, as a college job, like a side job. And I just hated how corporate that was, how like bureaucratic, you know, you have to be in at this time, dressed this way, blah, blah. And I just felt like that was, some people may thrive in those sort of environments where they have those guardrails and rules but for me I was like I don't need someone to you know watch over me and say oh, are you doing the right job like I'll do the job that's how I'm wired you know if you give me a task to do I'll do I have discipline I don't need someone looking over my shoulder etc so to be able to go and do that and bring it to reality and then run my own business for a while that was deadly but between me and Lee I think the biggest achievement hopefully i know i'm gonna sound like a politician but like hopefully it's still yet to come like our, our biggest achievements in the future but i think up until now 
the book has been deadly to put that together and then launch it and get some feedback and stuff like that. But I think the biggest achievement for me and Lee, and I'm sure he may agree, may not, is just having something that we both feel aligned on that we want to really work on and work together on because it's not our first time venturing into business a little bit together to do things, but it's been tough to find something specifically that we actually both give a shit about, you know, and actually want to sell. And even with Malloy Twins, it started as a fitness page trying to sell weight loss programs and, you know, bodybuilding programs or all these things. But even that stuff, it doesn't really connect to us. It's not really stuff that we're really super passionate about, which is why we turned off the fitness path pretty quickly and we stopped posting just about fitness content or trying to promote selling programs or whatever else it moves more towards the personal development the mindset side of things because that's a message that both of us connect to have both experience both feel like doesn't get pressed enough or at least in the right way where it hits the right people when they need it and that's a message that we're both happy to kind of go and put ourselves out there on the line to you know share a message to get in front of people to talk on podcasts to do all these things about so i think that's the biggest achievement for us more so than the book is having that message having that movement having that hill to die on with the malloy twins that we we both want to be part of I love that. But I think as well, like you have to, what's the thing? Can't remember the proper quote for it. It's like about knocking on all the doors until you eventually find the one you're like, yes, yes. But I think like people are always like, I feel like this is fresh in my head because I was saying it about four times on check-ins earlier, but I was like, there's like this trifecta and people are like, okay, well, like training is up here and nutrition is here and then life is over here. And I'm always like, no, but they're all interlinked. I was like, and you can't, you have to treat it as like a holistic thing. So I think it can be really easy when you first of all fall into like fitness and personal training to think that that is it. And that is all we're going to talk about. But then all of a sudden you realize it's the behavioral things, it's the mindset things and like the whole like wellness thing in general. And then all of a sudden you grab onto something you really, really love, like what you have done. And you're just like, this is what I want to talk about. You find like, mm-hmm that spark within you and I think it's like we can all talk about calorie deficits till the cows come home we can talk about progressive overload we can talk about this and but when you have something that you you know you get like butterflies when you want to talk about it that's how you know you're like yes this is it which actually sorry brings me on I have to notice how long did it take you to write the book (laughs) everyone asks and they always seem surprised like you haven't got a copy of the book Nurse have you no, I actually wanted to read it before the podcast, right? And oh, like, we would have sent you one. You should have told us. <laughs> can I still? Can I still get it? Even yeah, of course, of course. I actually, <laughs> I literally wanted to read it, and I was like, "We're hosting our first event next week." So between that and you know yourself training like clients yeah, and stuff yeah, in yeah, September, yeah. last few weeks have been mental, and I was like, "Oh my god, I wanted <laughs> to read it before it." So I was like. Oh, I still want to read it, but they might be like, no, no, we've done the podcast with her now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, of course. Send over your address afterwards, we'll send you a copy. But um <laughs> in terms of how long it took, obviously it was faster because there was two people working on it rather than just one. So that sped things up. But in terms of writing it, like the book is only 40 pages long. Um, and we were intentional, like we didn't want it to be something that you pick up and like Jesus the way that I'll never get you. Yeah. Um but there's a quote that I love. It's uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. I think Steve Jobs said it. I'm not sure, but it's like rather than writing a 200 page book that nobody is going to read, how can we take this information and this message and make it as short and as to the point as possible? So it's about 40 pages long. There's five chapters and it took us from start to finish, as in like from writing the first word on a Google doc to having the physical copy in our hand about six weeks. Wow. 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 That is pretty awesome. <laughs> we don't fuck around <laughs> i think we'll write a book okay right we write a book six weeks later that's, like, that's kind of how it <laughs> but come here how did you just decide because i know it's five key rules isn't it you don't have to give yeah. away the five key rules people have to read the book if you're at, but oh, if you no. want to <laughs> or you can give us like a synopsis of it which is just going to lure people in and you can tell them where to buy it anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no of course so the we will give the five rules though well, you don't get to see the pictures of us, isn't it? You have to buy oh. the book to see the pictures. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the five-year-old. So, initially, I wrote, like, a full draft of what I thought the book should look like, which had no real structure. It was kind of just, like, different keywords and stuff that I thought were important and writing bits about them. I sent that to Adam. He read through it. He liked parts of it. Didn't like most of it, um, which was, like, to be expected. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was very, like, inconsistent, and it just a bit all over the place but it was like the the rough the rough uh, canvas and then we're like okay from this we'll be able to make something 
So after he read that first draft, he was like, I like the idea. I don't like the execution. Let's get some sort of structure to it. So that's then when we decided, okay, let's pick rules and let them follow like a logical sequence. So like rule one leads into rule two, which leads into rule three, blah, blah, blah. So the rules themselves, the first one is vision. So like the start of any great journey is have a clear idea of where you want to go. You know, that's logical enough. Second rule then is commitment. So like once you know where you want to go, you have to make that decision. I'm going to stick to this. And I always use the analogy of relationships because sometimes people are like wishy-washy with commitment. And it's like, if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, like commitment isn't Monday to Friday, I love you. And then the weekends I do my own thing. Like it's either you commit or you don't commit. So same with the vision. It's like, if you want this better life, either you make that a daily decision in everything you do or you don't. And the results will show whether you think you're committed or not, the results will speak for themselves. So then you have your vision, your commitment. Real tree then is picking your battles. It's like you spoke about social media and like news feeds. And it's like, it's a noisy world we live in. There's a lot of shit happening. 99.9% of it has absolutely no relevance to your life and no significance and will not benefit you in any way from consuming. So be very picky about your time and your attention. The fourth rule then is environment. So who are you surrounding yourself with? Where are you? Is it the kind of place that brings out the best in you and the people who do? Or is it the people who belittle you or put you down or make you feel insignificant? And if it is, can you change it? And then the fifth rule, I'll let Adam tell you the fifth rule actually because I feel like I'm talking too much. And he <laughs> likes the fifth rule. The fifth rule is focus on process, not the outcomes. So it's probably something you say to clients all the time, but it's, it's the easiest place to go missing. So you can have all the other pieces of the puzzle there, but if all you're focused on is, I'll use a Muhammad Ali quote, it's not the mountain in the distance that wears you out, it's the pebble in your shoe. And it's like, if all you're doing is focusing on how far you have left to go, how much is still to go, you know, all those things, it's very easy to get overwhelmed, to get pissed off, frustrated, disheartened, and just give up and try on the tell. Versus you've got the vision in mind, you know where you want to go, that's cool, but that's maybe three, six, nine months down the line. For some people, maybe it's 10 years, 20 years down the line, whatever your vision is, that's cool. You have that in your, let's say, um, peripheral vision, but right now, all you need to focus on is what's the boxes you need to take today? What's the stuff that's on your to-do list that for most people just gets cast aside and not done? And how can you show up to make sure each day you tick those boxes? Because if you do that today, wake up tomorrow, do it again, wake up the next day, do it again, and build that momentum and keep that rolling forward, the result will take care of itself. The outcome will be there. You need to focus on what's the process to follow and keep the focus on that. And it's hard to do. It's the boring not sexy stuff that generally you know the little sense of novelty at the start wears off and then you get stuck into the day's day and like oh jesus again another day of eating these calories or this training session again or whatever the goal might be but it's the people who are able to stay focused on that process keep showing up and ticking the boxes day in day out are the ones who end up hitting the outcomes they want to achieve yeah absolutely i actually i love that analogy now about the relationships right because (laughs) Obviously, we all, we talk about the process and we talk about having a clear vision and stuff like that. But I like the commitment part because people are like, I think we've gone very much the other way online of people like promoting. It has to be about balance and you can do this, that and the other. And I, I completely agree. I am a compassionate coach. Like I, I am not one of them coaches that's like, oh, my God, you went out at the weekend, chicken and broccoli for five <laughs> days. Like not at all. Yeah, yeah. I promote balance. And a lot of the time it's about trying to get clients away from that all or nothing mentality. But there is something very empowering about just deciding to commit to something and not being half in and half Mm -hmm. out. Because I always say to people, I'm like, if your foot is half on the boat and it's half on land, I can guarantee you that is the hardest place to be is in between the two. I was like, you're either, and it doesn't mean you need to give it 100% all the time. I was like, look, there's going to be some weeks you can only give 80%. And if all you can give is 80%, that's 100% that week. But what I like to think of here, and I think it's because at the moment I've actually quit the drink and I was very in and out about what to do. Right. And I was like, I was nearly in a worse spot when I was in between the two of not knowing what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to quit or I didn't want to quit. And when I actually just fucking decided, right, I actually am going to quit. It (laughs) it took the pressure. Like all of a sudden I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm going to go out, but maybe I'll have a couple of drinks. And it sounds really silly, but I was like, I am going out, but I'm not drinking. And it wasn't a maybe. And it mm-hmm. was so empowering to just decide that, that it took that decision fatigue away that I was like, I've literally been wasting more energy being half in and out of things for a while. Whereas when you just commit to it and decide you're going to do it, 
you're like, all right, okay, that's it. And all of a sudden then your values, your goals, they align a little bit better and you're wasting less energy on just deciding whether you're gonna do something or not. So actually just by committing to it, exactly like what you said, like you don't just do a relationship Monday to Friday, like it's the same with anything else. This is your goal. If you need to do something on a Sunday, like stop being a Monday to Friday warrior. Like if you, if, mm -hmm. like yourselves, you launch a business. Like I, I do find it hilarious though with people thinking the laptop lifestyle and they're like, oh, I don't do nine to five anymore. I'm like, no, you work for yourself. Now you do pretty much fucking seven days a week, nine to nine. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> for the first while anyway, I was like for the first six months, it was like seven days a week. But I was like, it's, it's more so about if this is something you really want, then decide to commit to it and it gets easier once you actually just decide to fucking fully commit to it and mm -hmm. i love that i really really love that well i love all the five reels and i also love that you have like a roadmap for it each one leads into the next so it's like actionable steps as well that's really really cool okay i can't wait to read that um <laughs> what was the hardest part about writing it was it actually narrowing it down to five no no it wasn't because we decided on it being five reels before we set about really writing it um which is thanks to adam by the way like i'm very i love writing like i would have wrote a book about i don't know the fucking grass growing during winter like <laughs> just, just, just to be able to write about something i would have wrote in it so having adam there he's the more like structured logical one so he was able to break down the rules and say now let's do five rules and he was able to say like sequentially it's like let's start the vision move on to this move on to that and then that gave me the framework to say okay if I had to write a chapter about vision, what would it look like? And then we were back and forth on that. So the hardest part for me, to be honest, was just finishing the project. Because <laughs> I'm one of those people, like, I kind of always feel like I need something to be working on. Whether it's writing a book, editing a podcast, making reels. Like, I just like having a task to do and something that feels meaningful. And the book was, like, such a big thing for me because it's been something, like, I studied English in college. So I read a lot of books and I was like, one day I want a book with my name on it. <laughs> I don't know what it will be about, but I want that to exist. So finishing the book, and that project kind of moving from being a writer to trying to market it and sell it as like, oh, I don't want to give it up yet. I want, I want to keep writing. <laughs> so for me, seeing that project like reach completion and having to like just put it out into the world, I found that more difficult, I think, than people would, uh, would think. Okay. Do you think that's like the perfectionist in you or do you think it's that you just liked having the project because it was like, no, I'm actually enjoying this so much. Enjoying yeah. the process. There you go. I did. I loved the process. There's definitely a, a perfectionist element. Um, and I think having Adam there kind of kept that at bay because rather than relying on my own internal judgment of is this good or is this not good, I was able to say, what do you think it is? And he's like, oh, I love it or not shit. I was like, okay. I, I trust his judgment enough to, to think he's great. So, but yeah, I think just I enjoyed writing this so much and I enjoyed having that creative space that I like seeing the book reach completion. It was like, ah, when will I have this opportunity again? <laughs> you just write another book. <laughs> Yeah, we have, we have three more on the way. <laughs> really? I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. My, my girl who's doing like my website and stuff, like I, I just said to her, because she's been like giving me loads of ideas for stuff. She's like, you have to write a book. I'm the same as you. I love to write. And in this day and age, like I actually, like I was writing so many blogs when I first started this. And then obviously everything was like video content, video content, video content. Mm. And she was like, you need to write a book. And I was like, I actually do need to write a book. It's like my favorite thing to do is just go MIA and actually just write. Um, and like, I think there's something, I think it's when you're really into reading as well. And like, I've been flying through books and since I got my Kindle and I was just like, you just have to, I, I've been so focused on thinking that I have to do all these videos, but I was just like, why am I like exactly like taking my own advice here? I was like, podcasts. I was like, podcasts don't need to be short. I was like, mm -hmm. books don't need to be like literally 30 seconds long. I was like, so <laughs> like about finding that form that you can communicate best, I think is amazing. But we all just fall into the trap of seeing these things. And we're yeah. like, oh, we have to do that in order to be successful there. And she was like, you need to write a book. And I was like, okay <laughs> i was like maybe not till next year because i was like a million things on that i need to do this year but i was like next year definitely i was like i'm actually going to be talking to people who did write a book so i'll ask them um but before i finish talking about the book um yes. where can people buy it plug 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 <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you have a couple of options if you're based in ireland just go to our instagram and click our link tree in the bio and you can buy it directly from us and we even sign it for you if you buy it from us. <laughs> um, otherwise, if you're outside of Ireland, the best place would be Amazon. So like Amazon, if you're in France, use Amazon, France, Amazon, US, wherever you're based um, and you can get it there. 
Perfect. Nice. Um, so what, this is actually, I didn't have this written down, but seeing as we're kind of talking about it anyway, what do you think are the main things that stop people kind of reaching their goals? Like you've written a book about how to actually achieve it now. What do you think are the main things in this day and age that stop people actually achieving their goals? It doesn't Ooh. have to be fitness related. It can be anything related. There's so many answers. The main things that could stop people. I would say a big one for people nowadays is comparison, like looking at other people and putting them on a pedestal and uh, thinking, okay, well, I can't do that because this person's so much better than me and everything else. If you look at the books, for example, like there's so many best-selling authors, so many people who've bigger followings than those that have written books. It would have been easy for us to say, oh, you know what, put the book on the back burner. Maybe we'll just focus on doing other stuff to grow our following and then we'll write the book or all these other things. And like, you can justify anything to yourself if you look deep enough for the reasons why you should or shouldn't do it. And I think that's something we've always been conscious of because even in the fitness space, for example, you hear all the fun, the fitness industry is saturated. There's too many personal trainers, blah, blah, blah. Like that may be true to an extent. There is a lot of people in the fitness industry, but at the same time, there's only one of you, right? So if you go and try to compete on the element of I'm another personal trainer, then you'll probably lose. But if you bring yourself to the table and show up authentically to you, like that's a differentiator. No one can compete with you on that front. And in the online space, it's so easy to compare yourself to everyone else because it's visible. It's there in front of you. Looking at other people's highlight reels on Instagram of everything that they want to show you about how their life is so great and how good they are and all the stuff that they don't want to show on camera, you miss. And you see yourself on a daily basis. You experience all the ups and downs that you inevitably go on and think, oh, well, I'm not this perfect figure of a man or woman or any other gender. So I just can't be these things, right? So I think that's probably a big one is putting other people on a pedestal playing down to yourself and you know almost justifying yourself as to why you can't do all these things based on all the evidence that you think you're picking up online or on social media and i think it was maybe steve jobs who said it maybe not but essentially like everything in the world that you have that you use that exists today was created by people who are not that much better than you there's not really much you know genius that they have that you don't there's not a lot of ability that they have that you couldn't go and grow and develop it's not to say you're the finished article now like i'm not saying you go write a book for example today and it becomes a bestseller but if you go and put yourself in the process are humble are willing to grow to learn to fuck up and make mistakes and pick yourself up and go again there's nothing stopping you from reaching the heights that you see other people that you're looking at saying oh how did they get there or even surpassing them but it all starts by you kind of getting out of your own way now and taking those four steps that maybe aren't comfortable or don't feel too confident with but are completely necessary and even essential for you to ever hit the heights that you want to get to I love that. It's like, it's the one thing I'll always be like, get out of your own way. I'm like, there's not a lot of the time. There's no one else standing it. You are putting up them roadblocks for yourself, telling yeah. yourself why you can't yeah. do something. And it's why I kind of, whenever I'm, I was doing up my talk for this event next week and I was talking about goals in it. And I was just like, to a certain extent, yes, smart goals are great. I was like, but when they talk about the realistic part of them, I'm like, Okay, obviously, when I'm not going to jump out there and pretend I'm going to be able to fly without using <laughs> anything to that extent. But I was like, you have to remember the people who invented flying, like they had to dream that this thing, like they had to dream massive. I was like, and the people who've done incredible things in this world, they would have been told they're absolutely batshit crazy. So I was like, to a certain mm -hmm, extent, when mm -hmm. you're setting goals, the only way you're ever going to break the mold and do something completely out there is if you genuinely just believe that you can do it and you're like fuck it why wouldn't i try like what's the worst that can happen you fail and i was like we have this whole negative connotation with failure whereas i was like who cares i was like if you learn something then it doesn't matter and if you never try it then how are you gonna know and i know it can yep. be exactly like what you said we're seeing people's highlight reels and all that but then you look at like jk rowling and all i'm like how many times they were refused from like and we hear all these stories and we're like yeah yeah yeah. but then when it comes to us we get one refusal of something or we get one rejection of something and we're like no it's not for me i'm like no like you ha if you really really want to achieve this you have to be willing to keep knocking on the doors and actually believe that just because one person said no to you it doesn't mean that everyone yeah, is going exactly. to say no. 
And that can be really hard because people do not like, none of us like rejection. Obviously we don't like rejection, but I was like, you, that's where the self-belief comes in. And that's where you really, and it's amazing that you used to have each other for that as well. I was like, that is really, and having people in your corner that are like, I do believe you can do this. Like, um, but equally you have to believe in yourself too. You have to be like, right, okay, fuck it. I'm gonna do it. I have a tattoo yeah. on my arm that's like forged, don't follow. Cause I'm like, if you want to be the leader that you wanted when you were younger, you have to forge your own fucking path. I was like, so you have to stick with your guns and some things, no matter how many times people are telling me, you'd be better off doing this. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I do listen to people most of the time, but I just mean with certain things. I'm like, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I have this idea in my head and I always promise to show up this way on social media. And I was like, I don't care if you're telling me that if I just did this one thing, you could get this many followers. I was like, yeah, but then it's not authentic. I was like, it's not, it's not what I want to do. So it can be hard when people are like dangling the carrot in front of you and you're just like, it would be easier to go this way, but no, I'm sticking to my guns. So yeah, who would be your biggest, like, what is the word? I don't want to say, what would be the people that you look up to the most? I would say, you're going to mm. say each other actually, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> We, we, can, we can give a different answer if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. To be honest, it kind of changes a lot, but I'd say one person at the moment who I'm like taking a lot of inspiration from uh, would be Steve Jobs, just because I watched the film and listened to the book, and I like a lot of the ideas that he espoused. Now, he's obviously done a lot of shady stuff as well, so <laughs> in no way am I saying he's like the model human being, but I think he, the sort of the way he was able to be a visionary and the the tenacity and the discipline that he showed in trying to make this idea in his head into a reality. And now pretty much everybody has an iPhone or an iPad or a laptop that he designed in his head at one point. Um, it's pretty amazing. And then somebody just from a more like generational, like worldview perspective, Nelson Mandela has always been somebody that I found fascinating in terms of how long he spent, how long he spent in prison mm. and how much he suffered, how much he went through just to try and bring about this vision of a, a fairer and better place for him and people like him to live in. Um, and I think when you speak about legacy, like, I think, I, I think I speak for Adam as well on this is like, even with the book, like, I don't care how many books we sell or don't sell or how much profit we make or lose, but like having one person turn around and say, because of your book, I feel like I'm a better person or I feel like life's a little bit easier. Like that means so much more than any financial benefit that could ever come from it. So I think we're both very aware of the fact that we want to leave this world a little bit better than we found it. And Nelson Mandela is somebody I think that I've always torn to, to be able to see like this might actually be possible in some way. Love that. Aside from Lee, <laughs> to be honest, I think I pulled pieces of lots of different people. Lee made a really good point about Steve Jobs, for example. You can look up to him and like look at all the amazing stuff that he achieved. There's some elements of his personality or his character that you're like, you're a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> I don't think I'd like you or, you know, I wouldn't want to be friends with you or these sort of things. And that's the same for every single person in the world, including me and including Lee, if you spent enough time with us. No, sure, no, not me, not me. Find some stuff. <laughs> so I think that's important when you're looking at like role models or people to look up to. Is you don't necessarily have to like every aspect of them to respect certain pieces or be able to pull inspiration from them. There's one person I think who shaped me or my understanding of the world and path most over the last three, four years would be Jordan Peterson. I don't know, he's in a lot of controversy, especially over the last couple of years. But his earlier work, particularly around like psychological work that he would have, that he'd done a whole biblical series, a whole load of lectures that he published, his book, 12 Rules for Life. And even just hearing him on podcasts and speaking about these concepts and these things just gave me an understanding of myself and then the world, bigger picture that just completely reshaped the way I thought about how I view myself as part of this world, you know, and what's possible, what I'm capable of. And he said a quote on a podcast that literally just stuck with me. I remember it was during COVID, during lockdown, I was in the bedroom doing a workout and I was listening to the podcast on the telly and I was like, holy fuck, that's amazing. What he said, it was opportunity lurks where responsibility has been abdicated. And literally from that moment on, I was like, that's so true. It's like everyone's sitting there waiting for opportunity to just come knock on their doors. Like, here's your beautiful podcast set up. Would you like to set up a podcast? Or like, you know, here's a nice idea for a book. Would you like to write the books? Like no uh, opportunity lies where you see someone else has dropped the ball or you see there's a gap or you see there's a door that hasn't been opened and you just go and go through it and take ownership for yourself and go and insert yourself into the equation and make something happen out. It's like, that's where the opportunities lie. And there's been so many little pieces like that. I picked up from on that. Like 
he's been the one I'd say most over the last few years who shaped me and helped me look at situations in certain ways or like he even said something around like people might say oh you have no goals if people feel like they have no goals in life and nothing to aim towards and he even gave the example of well, why, why don't you make your goal being the most reliable person at your father's funeral funeral and I was like what I have to like really sit with that and think about it. it's like why don't you build yourself up as a person as a human at a level forget any external tangible shit about money or women or cars or fame build yourself up to the point that when adversity strikes when the worst possible situation happens you are the one other people can turn to and know you'll be there know you'll be the strong one know you'll be the rock that can help guide them through that situation if you've got nothing else in life to aim towards why don't you move through that because everyone can at least aim at that and work on themselves if there's nothing else that gets you going it's like all those little things that he spoke about then have been stuff that really sat with me really resonated and helped me then shape the next steps and go and <laughs> make stuff happen or at least try and make stuff happen in the world so i'd have to say jordan peterson for me i do love him now i have to say big big fan i know get cancelled <laughs> oh god no <laughs> no but like you said like with anyone and i actually think i said this on a podcast recently i was like there's a lot of people in this world i look up to right doesn't mean i necessarily agree with everything they say you'd just be a sheep if you like agreed with everything they said but you can exactly. take bits from every single like every person in front of you is a teacher like the person in the coffee shop like literally I had an exchange the other day and like it was so random with this guy in the coffee shop lovely guy but it wasn't until like the fourth time I talked to him and he was saying something oh I think I follow you on Instagram and all and um I was like oh yeah, yeah. I was like what's your name or whatever turns out he's like a video producer and all this I was just like and then I was on his page and I was like looking at all this cool video stuff he was putting up and I was learning from him and I was just like literally everyone you exchange with it doesn't need to be a massive thing but some someone just does something really nice for you and yeah. like I don't know like everyone is a teacher in front of you and I just think you can look up to so many people and take things from everyone and I think if you have what's that theory it's like the yellow car theory this is coming back to what you oh, said yeah, about yeah. um like the opportunities and stuff like that like one thing that triggers the life out of me is when people are like you're so lucky I'm like no i'm fucking not like i broke my bollocks to get me to where i am and i work so hard like i was like look there's weeks where i'm i know like especially this week next week coming up to the event like the last few weeks i was like i could go through phases where i'm just working like 14 days straight i was like in order mm -hmm. to get everything done and like i'll take some time off or whatever but i was like when i know i need to get something done that's something i'm passionate about i work really hard or i will find a way to do it but i was like it's it's not luck i was like people think people are lucky but actually when they decide they want something they're more inclined psychologically to start seeing more opportunities in that field or in that area and they'll start like putting themselves out there a little bit more so people will be like oh you're just really lucky and i'm like no that person just decided what they wanted and actually even then on a psychological level that thing with the yellow cars when someone mentions yellow car all of a sudden you'll start noticing more yellow cars i was like from a psychological standpoint if you decide on your vision like what you said and you commit to the vision then all of a sudden the path will open and you will start seeing more things in line with that i was like whether people want to believe in neuroscience well not believe in it but i mean they follow neuroscience psychology or you want yeah. manifestation whatever path you're on i was like that is how it all comes down to it and it's all about like your perception and how you see the world Oh, I'm not going to get into this. I'll end up this podcast being another hour long. So I was like, <laughs> don't start, Marissa, don't start. My last question for you is, right? What's the plans for the future? What World domination. <laughs> president, president, yeah. below twins for president. <laughs> short, short term, the plan for us is just keep going. Keep building our momentum. Keep building the brand that we have. We want to... I big picture we'd love to be in a position like financially we're able to pay off a man's mortgage you know have a stand and have a voice where we can hopefully spark a positive message to the younger people coming through to go after goals go after dreams take ownership take responsibility do all those things and then we have some more tangible goals as well around sorry did my audio cut off there or no your audio is fine it was just a video <laughs> and then externally we have some more tangible goals like we want to get on the late late show like we want to be guests on big podcasts like we want to do those things too just because they'd be cool to achieve but for the short term our focus is on we seem to have sparked a bit of a a movement a little connection with people through what we're doing here let's keep that going let's me and lee keep our heads down not 
you know, get complacent, not take our foot off the gas, start patting ourselves on the back too much, thinking, oh, we've made it, you know, this sort of thing. We want to keep going, keep putting ourselves in situations where we get to chat to people like yourself and share our message, share a bit about ourselves, hopefully keep continuing to grow our profile, grow our brand, grow our following a little bit more so we have more people who we can speak to. And then maybe in the future, look at doing stuff like you're doing, like a live event or, you know, things like this. We can bring people together and create that real connection that I think is really powerful and helps people move forward. So I think that's like a rough idea of where we're looking to go. But short term, the, the goal is keep the goal the goal get the head yeah. down keep working keep pushing our matches out keep our reputation intact as well don't sell our souls to get some followers or do anything like that and worse comes to worse we look at the only fans or something maybe <laughs> <laughs> i was away one time and i i can't remember where i was and i was like obviously people are associating a lot of people in this space with like actually just having only fans accounts and that's actually how you make your money but then say they're personal trainers and i was like mm. oh it was a night out or something and i was like oh i'm a personal trainer and this person was like no but are you actually a personal trainer is it only fans and i was like oh no actually, no i am actually a personal trainer but i was actually gonna say would you like to get into like speaking at events and stuff like that obviously unfortunately now it's a women's only event next next week but when i host these events hopefully this is the beginning of more of them and they're going to be bigger and include everyone in i would love to have you come and talk at the next one so fingers crossed this takes off <laughs> i'm sure it will just bring your personality in there see you. yeah it'll be good <laughs> i was like you know when you're looking at the to-do list and i'm just like one day at yeah. a time one day at a time and i was just like wow there's so much that goes into planning these things that like you don't even think of but i'm just like it's gone and then on top where of that, are you having it by the way it's in um delight studios in dublin so it's a really okay. cool space it's actually funny i booked the room that i thought it was going to be in turns out i booked the wrong room i booked like a bigger venue oh, <laughs> i was like oh well it's actually a cooler venue and we have like a videographer coming in and stuff like that so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it it's more so do you know when you have all the other things you have to do for like your own job like my clients and mm. i'll obviously come first so all of that needs to be done but at the same time i'm just like in between check-ins and stuff i'm like trying to do stuff for this trying to do stuff yeah for yeah this. yeah so the next two weeks will be mad, but I'm looking forward to it because, but hopefully it's the beginning of lots of them because I've had loads of people and because of the short time and stuff, they're like, oh, I'd love to come. I hope you're hosting it again. And I was like, yeah, don't worry. This is going to be a massive thing. And like, it's going to be huge next year. And Wellfest is going to totally want us all. <laughs> so you yeah okay. yours could be on the bigger one now when i do one that's like lads and girls i was like definitely <laughs> definitely um but no that's really really cool so just before we finish up where can people find you what's your what's your instagram handle just in case people didn't catch on the name we said it a few times but just in case <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're most we're, we have like a page on every social media platform like we have tiktok and all that but we're most active on instagram at the malloy twins if you type them Malloy twins into anywhere, you'll probably see a picture of one of us or both of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're most active on Instagram at the Malloy twins and then our new podcast on Spotify as well, the Malloy twins podcast. Amazing. How's the podcast going? I was listening to it, by the way, coming back yesterday, but then I was like dipping in, my internet kept going because I was coming from Belfast and I was like, uh, oh, yeah. ah. what did you think of it? <laughs> really good, really good. But there was like, I was listening to that, but then also I was like, have I missed something as in I wanted to listen to one of your other podcasts because I was like, I want to hear the backstory of the two of them and how they got into this. So then I was jumping <laughs> and I was like, no, this is a perfect opportunity because I haven't heard this yet. I was like, now I want to know exactly the backstory of how they came into this. Just because when you were talking on all the po podcasts, like your mindset is just incredible. And I'm always obsessed with like no one like what's people back background, especially younger people, because like when I was your age and like I was talking to Ellen the last time and she told me she's 19 I was like you are all like so you have your head screwed on like for younger <laughs> people I remember like literally my biggest decision around your age was probably whether we were going out Tuesday or Thursday in college I was like yeah. <laughs> are we going out two nights this week or just one night and then am I going out at the weekend as well so your mindset <laughs> is just incredible and you should be so proud of yourselves and um, but I will park it there because I know he's a very very busy so thank you so much for coming on today and hopefully I will get to see you in person soon <laughs> uh, hopefully Absolutely. and can I just thank say also yeah thank you for having us but also you're a very good host your, your questions were very interesting you've obviously done your research um, and it was a pleasure to be on with you so thank you very much and keep it up <laughs>
Oh, no problem. Yes, I was. Well, I stalk your page at the best of times. But I, was, <laughs> I was especially stalking it earlier because like there was a couple of things. My problem is like I find it really hard to like only ask a certain amount of questions because I get so carried <laughs> away. I'm like six questions back, six questions back. And then I'm like, maybe one more, maybe one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was amazing. But thank you so, so much. And hopefully I will see you in the not too distant future. 100%. And best luck with your events. Thank you. I'll check you soon.